thank you very much, uh, Program Director, and uh, good morning uh, to everyone. Uh, Your Excellency, uh, Honorable uh, Demokia Mekonen, Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Foreign Affairs of the Federal Democratic Republic of Ethiopia, Honorable Ministers present uh, here this morning, Your Excellency's Ambassadors, Senior Officials, Ladies and Gentlemen. I would like to begin, Minister, by expressing my sincere gratitude to you on behalf of myself as well as our delegation for the warm reception and generous hospitality extended to us since our arrival. I'm indeed honored to be back in Addis Ababa just a few short months since my last visit in April this year when I had the honor of participating in the historic recognition program and to express our congratulations to both parties on the progress that has been made in the peace process since the signing of the Pretoria Agreement in November last year. Honourable Minister, it gives me great pleasure to co-chair with you this fourth session of our Joint Ministerial Commission, or JMC. We meet today on a day marking the end of the Nelson Mandela International Month in 2023. You may recall that in 2009, the United Nations declared 18th of July as International Nelson Mandela Day. And in our country, the whole of July is known as the Nelson Mandela Month. Although our commission has not met since 2013, as you said, due to a number of challenges, including as well the COVID-19 pandemic. I am pleased that we've never ceased to engage each other, both at bilateral and multilateral platforms. My delegation firmly believes that this fourth session of the Commission will rekindle our efforts to further enhance and consolidate the cordial and fraternal relations between our two countries. My officials have informed me of your very active embassy in Pretoria and the many robust meetings they've had with His Excellency to keep our relations active. And you and I always meet whenever we have an opportunity. Dear Minister, I'm really encouraged by the Federal Government of Ethiopia's very active engagement to strengthen cooperation and bilateral relations with other countries in the region and broadly within the African continent. Ethiopia is truly a pan-African country and government. Together, we need to exploit new opportunities presented by the post-COVID-19 global economy in sectors such as the digital economy and technological innovations, artificial intelligence, the fourth industrial revolution, the provision of digital services, localization of manufacturing of value-added goods and services. Strong bilateral cooperation between African countries and regional economic communities could play a crucial role in the realization of our Agenda 2063 to create the Africa we want. 
an Africa characterized by sustainable economic prosperity, by African unity, African interconnectedness, and African interdependence. Without these links, as individual countries, we will not succeed with this massive agenda. Minister, you and I have previously agreed in our formal deliberations that as Africans, we spend too much time trusting others outside our continent and insufficient time trusting ourselves as Africans. We need to change this history and I'm hopeful that our business leaders will begin to work together to leverage the many opportunities provided by the African continental free trade area. I believe that the AFCFTA can be a catalyst for the pursuit of beneficial economic integration on our continent. Through the free trade area agreement, we've promised ourselves as Africans that we are going to increase intra-African trade. I have stressed previously that this doesn't mean we buy goods from country X in the West and pretend they were made in South Africa or Ethiopia. It means we must manufacture in Ethiopia, we must manufacture in South Africa, and we must trade within Africa. It means we must manufacture, we must innovate, we must build capabilities for intra-African trade of intra-African goods. Another matter that I believe we have to address if the African continental free trade area is to be a success is the value addition to our vast natural resources within the confines of our continent. Everybody is chasing the mineral resources of Africa. They now call it rare earth minerals. But essentially it's our mineral resources. But they are not establishing factories here. I recall recently a fellow foreign minister from the West telling me that uh, he's having excellent discussions with one of our countries on the continent about uh, exporting rare earth minerals from that country. I told the honorable colleague that I'm not interested in his conversation with this African country, except if he can tell me where the factories will be located in that African country. And I think this is the kind of discussion we should be having with our friends all over the world. We need to be wary of signing any agreement if it is not linked to production happening on the continent. We must ensure that value addition and beneficiation happen within Africa. And we must ensure that as Africans, we derive full benefit from the value chain and that our people realize these much needed opportunities. I think the time has come for South Africa and Ethiopia to work at changing our development condition, to work at changing our history, but doing this is not easy. And I know many of us on the continent were attracted by being paid off, uh, by not really paying attention to our 
African ambitions. Uh, we don't train our own people. We don't establish our own entrepreneurs. And unfortunately, the wrong attitudes and practices drive what we do. So to make the shift and the change won't be easy. And there will be a lot of pressure from those who are our friends today. So the challenge is can South Africa and Ethiopia work together as core countries on the continent that will honestly and faithfully execute an African agenda? For me, that is the challenge. If we are able to take it on successfully, we will see the condition of Africa visibly and fundamentally alter. Honorable Minister, I believe we need to reassert and protect the philosophy that gave life to the African Union, a philosophy anchored on the principles of pan-Africanism, and we should remain vigilant against attempts to influence the African Union by outside interests. We should not allow ourselves to lose focus on the aspirations of our people as elaborated in Agenda 2063, the Africa we want. We believe that like-minded countries, progressive countries, such as South Africa and Ethiopia, should defend the core values and interests of the African Union and ensure that the strategic focus of the AU is directed at the socio-economic development of the continent. Unfortunately, we do see that inter- and intrastate conflicts continue to threaten the successful implementation of the continental development agenda. South Africa has been observing with keen interest Ethiopia's efforts at implementation of the Pretoria cessation of hostilities agreement. Honorable Minister, I wish to commend the leadership of your country for the positive progress registered thus far. And I wish to assure you of our continued support as South Africa. I wish, Minister, to touch briefly on global events. As South Africa, we are deeply concerned about the ongoing conflict between Russia and Ukraine. We also worried about the recent uh, coup in Niger on our own continent. But besides the human suffering, the loss of lives and destruction that we see in this Russia-Ukraine conflict, we have recorded that the conflict has exacerbated social and economic challenges in Africa and in the global south due to increased prices of oil and gas, as well as food production being threatened and a real harm to supply chains. Our government has consistently maintained a clear position that the only effective and credible mechanism for the resolution of political disputes is negotiations. Thus, in mid-June, African leaders, including His Excellency President Ramaphosa, traveled to both Russia and Ukraine as part of efforts to resolve the war between the two nations. This was a profound step, and it is our hope that in time, 
it will yield positive results. I wish, uh, dear Minister, to conclude by stating that we need to ensure that this fourth session of the Joint Commission produces tangible results and measurable milestones to which we will hold ourselves accountable. Issues related to trade and investment are critical and we need to address any challenges that may derail the deepening and expansion of our bilateral cooperation. We have to agree a clear way forward in relation to the implementation of the signed bilateral agreements and we need to have a careful review of the dormant existing agreements to ensure that uh, we define new areas of cooperation. Our objectives for this fourth session of the Commission include the deliberations that we will have here, as well as uh, deliberations on how we can ensure that we reduce the cost of doing business between the two countries, that we remove barriers to market access for products originating from our two countries, that we explore ways of promoting the protection of investments, especially in view of the fact that the Continental Free Trade Area Agreement has been ratified by both our governments. We also would like to see collaboration in the quest for solutions in support of the eradication of poverty, increased job creation, and the reduction of inequality. We believe all these should influence the content, scope, and direction of our engagements. Minister, I should have begun by apologizing for being slightly late this morning. I had a meeting with the Vice Chancellor of the University of South Africa, who is here in the country with a senior team as part of UNISA's celebration of its 150th year anniversary. They are very keen to establish a beautiful permanent new campus in Addis Ababa, but they need my help and your help in securing the land on which to do that. They wish to expand their offering in Ethiopia and in many other African countries, and I'm hopeful that you and I will find time to look at how we can persuade our colleagues in higher education to assist UNISA in their ambition. I said to them, what I would like them to give me is a library that will be named after His Excellency the Prime Minister as one of the legacy initiatives of the university. But I promised them that I would take up in detail the discussions they've been having with me about a campus that they would want to build as a new institution in this wonderful city. Honorable Minister, let me thank you for the wonderful welcome to all our delegation, and I look forward to extremely excellent deliberations in this meeting. Thank you very much.